what I learned after I quit the job is don't feel guilty over the things that I didn't finish. Focus more on what I have done. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie, how's it going? Hey, Annie, it's going good. How about you? Great. You know, in today's episode, we, we, we talk with Mina Hu, who's a mom of two and a real estate investor. Mm-hmm. And something in her story really reminded me of this past weekend. She said that she's teaching her kids about, her kids are young, they're three and one and a half, I think she said. And she's teaching them about the basics of money. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, she said, as soon as her older one gets old enough, she's going to have him start scanning <laughs> things. And that's exactly uh-huh. what I did this weekend. I oh, nice. had my kids who are seven and three. I had them set up this mini workstation to scan all our mm-hmm. tax documents. <laughs> and so <laughs> Is that I sh- a good idea? I showed <laughs> I I, sure. I was I was managing them, don't worry. Okay. And I okay. was I had it all laid out for them in different piles and then I gave um Eli the younger one, I gave him a job. He was the one keeping everything, you know, keeping all the piles separate and he would put the papers down and then I showed Kai, the older one, I showed him how to use the app to do the scanning. And, you know, oh, kids nice. are so good with technology these days, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would check and they were really meticulous about it too. They would like uh-huh. check to make sure everything was really clear. And then at the end, I double checked <laughs> everything. And then it, what was funny was at a certain point, Eli was like, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, okay, you can quit. But then, you know, then your money goes to, to Kai. And he was like, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I, I started having my kids do um, shredding, but I had to sit there and like watch more carefully because of the finger issue. Oh, right. um, but I had them doing that when they were like probably five and six a couple of years ago now. But yeah, it's a good place to start. Probably scanning is probably a safer option, though. <laughs> Well, what I love about our conversation with Mina, I mean, I love so much about it, but she's a mom and she also quit her job a couple of years ago to focus full time on real estate, which at the surface level, it sounds like a dream, right? It's like you get to quit your job and you stay home with the kids and you do this real estate investing stuff. But Mm -hmm. she really goes into honestly, what it, what it's like behind the scenes and the fear and the guilt and the doubt Mm -hmm. behind it and how she's overcome that. Yeah. And I love her little hack that she shared that I won't say here. You'll have to listen through to the end, but that for me is going to be a game changer. So I'm definitely going to implement that into my daily routine. Um, but yeah, she talks a lot about you know, mindset, um, and struggles and how she overcame all of that. And was, it was, uh, it was really nice to hear from another female, uh, real estate investor, how she got over all of that and is now, you know, doing so much. So, yeah, yeah. such a powerful episode. Here it is. Our conversation with Mina Hu.
Nina, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Good. We're so glad to have you here. Me too. Mina, you are a mom to two toddlers, which is hard enough all on its own. And I'm sure any parents who are listening to this right now will know how crazy and unpredictable life with toddlers can be. But rather than put the brakes on investing and building toward financial freedom because of busy mom life, you chose to embrace it and work harder than ever to grow and manage the real estate portfolio that you and your husband, Cliff, have built. So I have to start there. How do you do it all? How do you have the time and the energy after picking up after the kids and folding yet another load of laundry to focus on real estate and financial freedom? So how do you do it? So I think before, I think it's to choose what we focus on. Like before I quit my job in 2018, my husband and I was just uh, surviving because we work full time. And then when my older son was born, um, we did one year. The first year we are working from home, take turns working from home and take care of Nick at the same time. It was a painful and dark time. And then after that, when our second son was born, we decided to say, hey, it's my time. And I, I think Mina can quit and then to focus on the business because that gave more time, more flexibility to the family, like to Cliff and I as a team. And then Cliff can focus more on his work and I can, you know, take care of um, the daily operation for the business. Since that time, we hired a nanny. Uh, we hired, we, we used to have a uh, cleaning lady but uh, she started to do laundry for us as well we just keep you know mm. adding more people to the whole <laughs> operation of the household and so that uh, Cliff and I can have more time to work on the business and then his full-time job so mm. you know either we drop things that's not important for us or we mm-hmm. outsource it so that we have more focus on the business but I think the other thing is really what I learned after I quit the job is don't feel guilty over the things that I didn't finish. Focus more on what I have done. And, uh, you know, don't dread dwell over a, um, a long to-do list, but also look back and say, hey, am I making progress? It's a, it's a mind battle, but we are not there yet. We have just started, but it's a, it's a journey to goes through this whole thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's such a valuable lesson for anyone. I mean, is to not feel guilty about Mm. the things that you haven't yet done. Those are the the -hmm. opportunities that you have, but really to feel true fulfillment, as you know, our mutual coach Trevor always (laughs) says, you know, always focus on the things that you have done and get fulfillment out of that because success without fulfillment Mm -hmm. is nothing. Yeah. So I'm curious to ask this question because I think that there's a lot of mothers out there who don't understand the why or the importance behind the decision that you made to leave your job. So can you talk to that a little bit? Like what went into that, this decision to say, okay, I'm going to not work and I'm going to make this a priority and we're going to figure this out and we're going to outsource, you know, nannies, housekeepers, and we're going to kind of invest a lot of your time into managing this portfolio. Why was that important for you? For me, my, my husband and I both are, uh, Cliff and I are 
have a strong sense of family. And I think after the kids was born, we we realized that so much time you need to put in taking care of the kids, especially for the first year, we didn't think about hiring a nanny um, at all. We were doing it ourselves and then the family are not around. My parents and his parents does come over for a little bit of time to help us. But uh, for me, I think it's to the picture of having financial freedom, that reason becomes stronger after the kids was born. Because before it's just mm-hmm. the, you know, him and me, and we don't, we, we have enough time to spend with each other. And sometimes yeah. I just want to hey, leave, leave me alone. I want some. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, I know what you mean. <laughs> but after the kids was born, it's like we don't have time to even spend some time with myself and we don't have time to relax that's the picture become much more clear that you know we want to use real estate investing and then the entrepreneurship to find ways to achieve that freedom so that we can even though right now is we, we take more responsibilities and we need to spend more time into the business but at the end is we create more time and more freedom in our daily. Mm-hmm. And I think this, um, mm-hmm. Julie mentioned that live an intentional life. So our intention right now mm-hmm. is to create that freedom so that we can have more time with the kids and have more freedom, mm-hmm. live life in at our own terms. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's the reason that we started all of this. Mm-hmm. And then since we have that, quitting the job because my husband makes much more than me um I, I, we were both mm-hmm. uh, software engineer but uh, he is a uh, higher level so he told me he said um i think we can live without your income uh-huh. um, but even that <laughs> we took about three months to make the decision from we think yeah i think that's the direction to go to finally we made I, I, I turn in the, you know, the letter and say, hey, I'm resigning. It takes three months since the baby, the Nathan was born in June. And then September is what I told my employer that I want to quit. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot of, because I think the fear at that time is really strong that, you know, I've been working yeah. since I graduated. And then how do I, I'm more worried that about I isolate myself after I work for myself. And I, what if the business fail? And then uh, what if I become really dreadful and then just the van is all on cliff. So those fear really hold us back at that time until, but we know that we are like playing in two sandboxes, right? Like we can't focus on my work and I, can't focus on the business either so feel like I'm not all in in both parts and then we decided you know let's just try because worst worst case I can still go back and find a job yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I feel like that's a lot of our my husband and my situation as well is he was like you know it's like well you know he makes more than me so okay he keeps working and I'll be the one to quit and but there was such a fear in me Annie you know I was so scared and when I met Annie at a real estate conference two years ago she was the one who gave me the confidence because she had just left her job and she had two young kids at home and 
gosh, at the time, I think your son, Eli, was like, what? He was like, like a year and a half, two? Less than, wait. Yeah. Like like a year two and a half, half years yeah. ago? Year and a half. Yeah. Year, yeah. yeah. And I was like, if she can do this, like I can do this too, because my youngest is a year older than hers. And I was like, so inspired by her commitment to, to doing that. And um, I think that there are so many fears that we have inside, mm-hmm. just like you brought up that, especially as women uh, in a male dominated space that holds us back mm-hmm. from committing to it and saying, no, I, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. like hell or high water. This is going to happen mm-hmm. um, because you're so afraid of like making those mistakes. Right. I hear that all the time when I talk with women investors is I'm afraid I'm going to choose the wrong investment mm-hmm. or I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision. And that weighs on us as, as women, right? Whereas men in entrepreneurship in the world of business, they're more open to mm-hmm. just going out there and making mistakes. And, and that's how we succeed is going out there and making mistakes. Yeah. But men are like, I don't know, designed to do that. And women are just like, I cannot make a mistake yeah. because if I make a mistake, I'm going to let my whole family down, my kids, my husband, you know, and it's just all this fear. So I love that you brought that up because I think it's important for other women to hear Mm -hmm. that you did face that fear because I think too many women think, well, maybe she's just more confident than me, or maybe she's, you know, smarter (laughs) than me, or maybe, you know, you know, and then they just get this like feeling like, well, I couldn't do that, but Mina can, or Annie can, or Julie can, but I can't because I'm so scared. And I just want to emphasize that, that I was super scared too. Um, And so I love that that you brought that up and that you found the confidence to, to get over that. And I don't even know that it's the confidence, but maybe even just more of this desire to reach a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. is really what overtook you. It sounds like, um, you know, to get to where you were trying to go. So, yeah, I um, think what you mentioned, I, the, the story you shared that you and Annie met over in a conference, it, it is sometimes like we all say, um, you know, life happens for you, right? If if I don't know what will happen if you don't meet Annie in that conference, or you didn't go to that conference. <laughs> I that's why I really um and like you said, um like women as a group, they need to hear each other. Like I, I'm not trying to exclude dads, you know, guys out there, but we tend to feel more guilt. I don't know whether there is something in our brain that's keep pumping, you know, in women's brain, keep pumping guilt in our, um, mm-hmm. the feelings. So that's why you talk about making mistakes. I, I find yeah. I really, in the first year of my, after I quit, the, that's the main thing of my, you know, the emotions I felt is guilt. I, I, I'm yeah. afraid of making a wrong decision. I'm afraid of choosing the yeah. wrong tenant or choosing the wrong, you know, employee. And it all happened. Like the employees that yeah. at the end, you know, turn is their back on us and step us on the back. It all happened. And then tenants, oh, no. you know, it, it, tenants that, you know, destroy the, the property, it all happened. But uh, so yeah. all those is happened for us because I find that right. now I'm much better than, you know, picking the right tenant, picking the uh, higher than right employee. If that mistake never happened, I won't be here to do bigger things. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm all scared. Like, oh, how do I, you know, but now I know, you know, worst case is already happened. Yeah. That I know how mm-hmm. to handle it now. So I have more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more that 
life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. And I went through the same things, you know, when I, I first got into it and I had those horror stories too. And I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I choose the wrong investment? What if we find the wrong tenants, the wrong property management? And we did all those things yeah. just like you did. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I even, I remember this one distinct um, property we underwrote and then I did the spreadsheet. And then after after we closed on the property, I looked back at the spreadsheet and I was like, oh no, I left off a zero right here. Oh my gosh. It worked Annie. out okay. It worked out okay. But I was like, okay, never again. Can't do that again. Got to be extra careful here. And then every little thing, right? Tenant vandalism or bad property manager, like every little thing, you learn a little bit and it makes yeah. you better, makes your business stronger. Yeah. And make you stronger as well. I think that's kind mm -hmm. of the core of your business is the people who run it. And if you are stronger, the challenges, the problems that come into your way, they just you have the face to say it will all pass and then I will mm -hmm. learn from it. It's mm -hmm. really easy to say it. It's hard to do, but you just gradually build up your face and your like the um, making yourself stronger. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you, at the point when you quit your job mm -hmm. to, to be more involved in the real estate stuff, I mean, let's back up a second because, you know, how did you know in the first place that real estate would be the vehicle that, to get you to this vision, to this vision of financial freedom and being able to spend more time with your kids? How did you know it wasn't, you know, stocks or other types of investment vehicles or side hustles or something like that? What was it about real estate? Um, that really drew you in is that is go back to the you know the past um i didn't choose it i was kind of forced to do it my <laughs> husband was investing before i met him in 2013 so he has uh, um, some multi-family already and then you know after we got together and i just feel like uh, he he has a full-time job and he has to you know communicate with property manager and then all the like the capital project those things and also tax filing because i feel he's really not organized so <laughs> i started to um i think in 2014 i started to say hey let me help you file the tax you know not, not saying the like organize the reports for our accountant and then i started mm -hmm. to do that and then later I was like, let me start to communicate with the property manager because I really think they mark up so much that I, and then the, the this unit is vacant for too long because I see, you know, mm -hmm. you, you see the problem there, you can't like let it go. So I started to do that. And then in 2016, we bought a building together because right now my husband and I are doing just the, the main, the partner is like my husband and I. So we are buying like smaller married families. So in 2016, we bought a 25 unit. And then that's when I really quite embraced all the, you know, the value add. Because in the first months, we did a six unit renovation. And then all at the same time, new appliance, new floor, everything. And then our account was just done like... <laughs> negative for that few months <laughs> I was like really scared and I think I doubted at that time it's like why do we do this I'm not seeing you know the the savings in the account until 
I think one almost two years after we see the value of the building doubled because all the um, investment, all the value add we add in. That's I really see. You know how that whole cycle works. You know, you you buy a building and then maybe、uh, not manage so well, and then you started to put like we started to put the、uh, update the units and then get higher rent, and then the building valued higher, and that we can take the money out to buy new building. So I see the whole strategy works. That's the first time actually I have more confidence that this will work. Before that, kind of just the, I'm a property manager role. I just want to you know handle tenants' requests and get things done. But then that's when I really took an investor perspective. Say, oh, this is how it works.、Mm-hmm. And now for the new project, I we usually do like we do the like underwriting and the performer first. So that's what where I can see how this will change before we get into the deal.、Um, I think that's that's just the, by the things I experienced and the numbers from that I learned. Yeah, this is the right way to to do it. And then the the passive, I I don't think for what we are doing right now is not、uh, say like passive because we are actively managing it. I like、mm-hmm. the fact、mm-hmm. that I can you know. Outside with my kids, I can just、uh, you know see a email coming and then process it, and then it, you know it's dealt with. I think that freedom,、um, be able to work, you know, and any time you want, and then have set up the network to help to support your business is really fun for me. Yeah, feel powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how did you gain what what market was that in the twenty five unit? That's in、uh, so all our portfolio are in Canada because that's where my husband come from. So that's why we are expanding there, and we are all, it is all remotely manager.、Um, mm-hmm, yeah.、Mm-hmm. How did you gain the confidence to buy a twenty five unit? I'm always curious about that because I was at a junction in my investing where I went from. You know, small like multis, like two units, you know, or single family, and then I wanted to do like large multifamily, and was like, that's kind of out of my reach, and then discovered passive investing and so on and so、mm-hmm. forth, but never really gained the confidence to buy something that was like between the really large stuff and the small stuff. So, because、yeah. it always seems like it's so. Risky. I don't know. It just seems like it's so much. Whereas, like, because you you know the bigger properties, you're buying a business, right? And it has a lot of like you know teams in place, and it you know the way it operates operates is more like a business. But with a 25 unit, it's kind of like buying a small business or owning、yeah. a small business, and、yeah. there's a lot of like work that you have to do on your own. So, how did you get comfortable around that? Yeah, I I agree. It's not like 25 is a tricky spot because if you get、uh-huh. to a bigger building, you can hire the property manager on site,、right. and it's like a、yeah. established business. You、yep. you you attract more like better employee as well. But 25、mm-hmm. actually that one. When we bought it, we are in the position of buy a bigger building, but we didn't know、um, what we are really looking want to buy yet. Which market? Because that twenty five unit is the first building we had in that area, so it's not、mm-hmm. we have no network there at all.、Um, mm-hmm. Cliff's mom is the realtor, so she just sent those building the listing to us, and then even at that time, I didn't know how to value. 
the building. I don't know how much, like whether it's a good deal or not. And then mm-hmm. Cliff looked at it and said, you know, based on the number and the price, it's, it's just such a good deal. Uh-huh. And I think I either I'm naive enough or I just trust uh-huh. him enough. And I said, uh-huh. okay, let's do it. And then we calculate that we need a dump payment and we need to, you know, get uh, the, you know, 75% known. So we just started to kind of, I don't think we thought too much. I didn't know there was so much work to manage a 25 unit at that time. So just the, went on board and I was like, uh, at first our bank said they can do 75% and at end, mm-hmm. because we are in the States, um, they only did 70%. And I have mm-hmm. to, you know, ask friends, ask, uh, you know, our contacts here to get some private loan to fill in that 5%. And I, like I said, you know, the first, uh, when we did that six months, uh, sorry, the six units, the valuation, I was like, no, this is not what I'm going to do. This is not <laughs> what I want to do at all. But just kind of, I think at that point, what I want is just, uh, I need to finish this. I can't, uh, like, of course, we had lots of support from Cliff's mom. She's local there. But it's still struggling. I think what I thought at that time is that I don't want uh, this to hurt us. I didn't think too much about, uh, you know, uh, how I want it to be successful. Uh, uh, you know, all this portfolio growth. I didn't have big picture at that time. But just uh, basically a phase that, oh, I want to solve this problem. I think it will come to an end. And then until later, I see the whole picture that's when I started to, you know, realize I can repeat this. We'll get back to our conversation with Nina in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong experienced teams and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com invest. And now... Back to our chat with Mina Hu. So when you were doing that six-unit renovation, mm-hmm. was it 
you know, was it you mostly handling it? Was Cliff involved? I mean, it sounds like it was a stressful time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliff mom was helping a lot at that time. To be honest, at that time, when we started a six unit, it's kind of, she made a decision that I saw it in person. I know we we have to renovate this. And then she just hired people and then did this. I'm more from the finance perspective to say, hey, how much we are spending? And then what's our account look like? I didn't do that. That time I feel like I'm not involved too much because it happened really in, I think, one or two months it all happened and then because mom handled most of that like hiring people and then going and check the the stuff whether it was done last year we did uh, about in one month there were like five or six units came and weekend that's when i was like repeat what uh, that was done in the you know when we just bought a building and then renovate that all and i think what when I took over that 25 unit, we took over the 25 unit. My concept is still when people ask me, said, hey, I think we should paint. And my concept is, do I really need to paint? Can we rent out as it is? Um, mm-hmm. Later, I realized that's, that's a, you know, to, it's, it's not a good strategy until we, like, we did some renovation and then we find the, the, the rent can go higher. That's mm-hmm. when I started to really see that, you know, when a apartment come vacant, just do it and then grow the rent. And when you were, so for all the, the, the parents out there who are listening, mm-hmm. who might be thinking, huh, maybe I could do this too, but it, it mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of work. So tell us, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you know, how much time does it take to mm-hmm. manage this portfolio. Are you able to also spend time with your kids or do you mostly focus on the business at this point? Yeah, um, so when the, I we, I quit in 2018, right? And then before that, it's uh, like we, I have a full-time job. My husband have a full-time job. And then before that, mainly it's because 2018 when I quit, Lacey is only three months old. And most of that is with Nick. And we still was able to, you know, take him to Las Vegas and then <laughs> being caught by the, the security guard said, you guys keep quiet, like your baby keep crying. <laughs> so, which I means that we still take him out from Lake Tahoe to Lake Tahoe to Las Vegas and then Disneyland. And then we still taking out at weekends to the parks. It's just that I think because Nick goes to bed, like our kids goes to bed around eight. And after that, we usually work when we were having full time, we really work, you know, one or two hours to um, see there's anything to process in the business. But I do feel at, the reason I think one thing that uh, pushed us to quit is we noticed that it's really like the turnaround for a decision is really long because we in the morning we get up and we we need to go to work and then we just grab whatever time we have to in the business and sometimes a decision needs to take a long time because either way we overlooked or we really don't have time we tried our best yeah so i think it's um still come back to the beginning the first question you ask is to find out what what you want to focus what uh, what can you outsource? Because, for example, right now we don't go to grocery store at all. We order Costco deli- same day delivery, so that saves me 
the first when well, after I quit the first month, I have to plan grocery shopping, and I have to take you know kids with me for the grocery mm-hmm. shopping. So it usually takes two to three <laughs> hours per week just to do that. And then until we discover you know the Costco delivery, and I was like, okay, we are not going to the <laughs> grocery store anymore. So just to find the things that can get you few extra hours every week, and gradually become a pattern, and then you know just. So you can put time in the important things, which is the business, mm-hmm. like Cliff, of course, right now, his job and then um, family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like prioritization is so key, you know, and, and people say all the time, I don't have, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And, you know, we fall into that trap too. And we're like, we don't have enough time. But as Tony Robbins always talks about, it's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Right. And Mm so, you know, it's like, how can we, you know, find the time. And back when I was working full time too, it was like grocery delivery service, nanny, like how can I, cause this needs to be priority. Like me finding a way out of my job needs to be a priority and whatever it takes, like I have to do. And so same thing would put the kids down at eight and then I would stay up and I would answer emails and whatnot on bigger pockets. And I would, you know, network with people and then get up the next morning, answer a few emails. And then I would, you know, drive two hours to my job. And then I would on my lunch, like more, you know, networking and emails and learning, consuming podcasts on my, you know, commute. But it was like, if it's a priority to you, you will find the time and you will find a way to make it work. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, to anyone who's who's listening and sitting there telling themselves that they don't have enough time, there's time. You just need to reprioritize what's important to you. And if you really want to do this and you, you know, really want to make it happen, then you'll find the time. And, you know, everyone has the same 24 hours yes. to work with from mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey to Zuckerberg <laughs> to Annie and Mina and Julie, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all have the same time and it's a matter of like what you do with that time that really counts. So, yeah, yeah. I think we, like you said, we all fall in the trap, especially, I don't know, after we become a mom, first thing you fall into the trap is I can do it all. I, mm-hmm. I can, you know, take care of the baby, still have a good career and have time with my husband and then, you know, have fun organizing the party for the kids. Plan, yeah. You know, you, you think <laughs> you can do it all and then you are just yeah. exhausted. Yeah. Once, once you don't do it all, you feel guilty. And then yeah. you are like, I can pile more into it because I think <laughs> if, I, if I'm strong enough, I can do it. But it's not. It's really look at what what resource you have around mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah, I feel funny that when I was first, our nanny wasn't doing our laundry at first, and even mm-hmm. ask her to do the laundry, I feel like a, a huge block for me because like, yeah, she's, she's already doing this for for us. Should I ask? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can just do it myself. I know. And but you know, it's she's happy to do that, and then yeah. It saves us so much time to focus, like so we can focus on the business and the kids, which is important yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, yeah. I know. I think there's one last question that we wanted to ask you, <laughs> and it's around your kids and yeah. teaching your children about real estate investing or investing in general. What are some of the things that you might be sharing with them? I, I always love asking this because I'm <laughs> curious because I obviously I have three young kids. And so uh-huh. I'm always interested to hear what other uh, moms are doing to, you know, get their kids into the business or teach them about what they're doing. I, I think 
so so far they they are still young. They are three and one and a half. But I think oh, starting right, yeah. to teach by like uh, uh, I one time Nick like teach 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 him the words money first. Uh-huh. Like you have to like uh, <laughs> buy things with the money with with money mm-hmm. or like because uh, I forgot what occasion he mentioned something and I said, oh, do you have money to buy it? And he's like, money. Uh-huh. Yes, and he's like pretending to take something out of his pocket. Uh-huh. <laughs> to, yeah. To but we do have plan to. I think the first thing we want to get uh, him to work for us in the business. I was joking with uh-huh. my husband. I think when Nick started to know how to use a scanner, I'm gonna uh-huh. hire him to scan the fires for us, uh-huh. so that you know he knows that it, it is hard, hard working. It's not uh, like yeah. it's the born with all these, uh, mm-hmm. you know, assets, yeah. know, the, the skills yeah. you need to learn to. And then I think the mindset is really important. Mm-hmm. We, we have some books that in our, you know, rich dad, poor dad. And I think those things to get them started to see mm-hmm. that's possible. Um, is yeah. What we want to do with them. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I started talking with my kids about real estate investing since mm-hmm. they were four, three, and one. And mm-hmm. I, now they're eight, seven, and four. And mm-hmm. they like, you ask them a question about if I hand them a hundred dollars yeah. and you ask them, what do they want to do with that hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. Immediately. First thing without hesitation is I want to invest it with you, mommy. Like <laughs> wow. first thing, you know, cause for the last four years, that's all I've been talking about. Yeah. So I think the important thing to, to remember for folks is like, even if they're like three or, mm-hmm. or four, like they're absorbing this information yeah. and they, mm-hmm. and when they grow up like that, that's like all all they know it's it becomes second nature for them mm-hmm. to understand you know about investing and how money works and finances and stuff i mean it's i don't know i have this conspiracy theory that like <laughs> you know there's a reason why they don't teach us about finances in school uh-huh. you know is because yeah. they want to hold us down and and you know i don't want to let my kids grow up without that knowledge and i you know that's part of why we do what we do here uh-huh. at investing for good on our podcast and in our business at good egg investments is because we want you know to teach the next generation we want to teach the the families now so that the next generation is is better prepared for um for their future as they move forward so yeah, yeah. i think lead yeah. by example like you said tell mm-hmm. them what you do yeah and then explain to them you know how this works and then they see yep. you in action every day as well so that mm-hmm. they will be influenced by that and knowing you know this is one way out yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. All right. So let's roll into our good egg, or I'm sorry, I always do this, <laughs> our investing for good impact round. I always get the two mixed up. Um, okay. So we're going to ask three questions. Um, the first one is around investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are helping you to live a better and more freer life, perhaps? Mm-hmm. For me, I, I have to say that's uh, hiring the business coach, our yeah. future um, coach, Travel. When I just started uh, the business, the, the first three months was like a hell. I, I don't meet people. I, I feel anxious every day until I say, you know, this is, I need somebody to show me how this need to be done. And then I find our coach. And then we've been 
working together for almost a year. Like March will be our first year anniversary. I my husband has changed fundamental change in me. And then even one time I was like, I want to take a break, maybe for like one or two months. That see, you know, whether I can watch more YouTube video. My husband was freaking out. I was like, No, 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 that worries me. Please continue your coach. So this is the he saw lots of change in me. You know, my how I manage my emotion, how I make business decisions, yeah. how I interact with people. I think that's a I those things. You know, like business can fail, and then you know mm-hmm. the economy can change. But those things, I don't think anybody can take it away from me. So it yeah, goes with me. So I think yeah, that's the number one investment I've been doing for myself. Yeah. yeah, I love that you said it that way because you know I think so often people think, well, I don't want to spend that much money on a coach, mm-hmm. right? Like even that that sentence right there, I don't want to yeah. spend that much money on a coach, right? And when you reframe that and you realize that you're mm-hmm. actually investing that money yeah. in yourself, yeah. now learning knowledge, you know that could have taken you years to learn, but now you're learning it on every single phone call. And the power of that, and something can never be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Something that Annie and I value very highly as well. We have, you know, our mutual coach that yeah. we work with, and we have many other coaches that we work with as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that you know, if you're someone who's wanting to get into this space, hiring a coach for one or two or three different aspects of what you're trying to achieve yeah. is so powerful, so powerful. Um, and I, so I love that you brought that up and you feel like that's something that you're investing for you in yourself, because I think so often we reframe it and think of it a different way. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So second question is investing in others. Mm -hmm. So what is one hack or, um, you know, little nugget of information that you might be able to share with any of the listeners that could help them sort of catapult their investing journey or mm-hmm. could be any kind of, um, you know, some little secret that, that um, you might want to share. Mm-hmm. I keep a vision journal and also like vision brag journal that mm. I, I started to do this year. I print out pictures. Um, it, it actually goes back to what you say, um, Julie said, and live an intentional life because I want mm-hmm. to be able to see that picture every day. So I yeah. grabbed my, I earlier this year, I print out pictures. I got uh-huh. this uh, um, like an album from the, from the store and then it has, uh-huh. you can put picture in the left and you write a few words in the right. Oh, so I, okay. I put, uh, I think maybe 20 or 30 pictures in that, all the aspects like, family, business, travel, like relationships, uh-huh. my husband, um, invest in myself, those uh-huh. things there. And I write down, you know, what does that mean? So I, uh-huh. I go back and then see it. I also use the, a Chinese way to track the progress because they, they kind of write, um, uh, you know, you use like a sl- um, line to say, oh, I did this once. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. So Chinese has a way, it's like mm-hmm. a, a letter is five, uh, that, but it takes less space. So I do that. Uh-huh. I, I go there almost every day to, you, you know, I have one, for example, I want to have a, a morning with Zen, which means I go get up early and then have a few hours with myself and do whatever I want to do. So I go mm-hmm. there every morning I get up early, I put the, the market down. I think mm-hmm. that gives me the clear vision of what mm-hmm. I want to do. And also when I feel down, Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I know that I can use that as a way to, you know, connect to that vision again and give me more energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so is that something that you do every day? 
like do work on this vision journal or is it just something you created and then every day you go look at different pages or whatever you feel like you need to look at? Yeah, I, I'm I'm still I I think most of the thing are done at early in, in the beginning of the year. And then I maybe um for example in February I had a, a new new vision that the things I want to do, mm, like celebrate okay. with wings. So I put in yeah. many is done at the beginning and then I market the progress um every Got day. It. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm going to have to start doing that. I try to write in a journal and mm-hmm. I just get so uninspired and then I don't do it. And then like I go write, I'm like, oh, let me go write in my journal. And I look back and it's like, oh, I haven't written in here for a year. <laughs> like, okay. But yeah, like regular journals don't do it for me. Yeah. But I love, you yeah. know, having incorporating photos because yeah. imagery is such a powerful mm-hmm. way to, yes. you know, visualize like what you want and mm-hmm. then also continuing to imagine that yeah. visual in your mind and making yeah. it a reality. Yeah. Um, so it's like having a vision board with all these different things that you're constantly looking at, but having a side to write about that too. I yeah, love that. So. I love that. That's and so I do, cool. I do something similar, but it's um, digital. So I have, <laughs> it's called a mind movie and yeah. it's set to music. And so it's got photos of me and Julie, photos of me and my family, and photos of places I've never been that I want to go. And I watch it, I try to watch it twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, and it just inspires me and reminds me why Uh we're doing this. You know, in those moments Uh where you're challenged or you fall down or something doesn't go your way, you remember like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing this. So I love that, that's so powerful. Yeah, I think it makes you feel that it's already happened. Yeah. By looking at a picture or a movie, and then you can manifest, and then it will become a reality. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Okay, last question is investing in the world. So what is one way that your investments are helping to make the world a better place? Yeah. Um, right now, I think because um, Cliff and I are moving back to Canada this year, um, oh, okay. the major reason is that because we want to contribute back to the community that, mm-hmm. you know, by using, you know, meetups or groups that we want to focus on business development and self-growth and also investing because those are what, uh, like, the major part of our life. And we want to be able to um, give people that opportunity. Yeah, that's why we want to, you know, go to the community that we are investing. And then Mm -hmm. for now, I think what I do every day is just for every interaction I with I have with people try to be the best of myself and then Mm -hmm. if I can you know use my I I have a purpose is to live an inspiring life and use my life to inspire others because I want Mm -hmm. to be able to do it and then Mm -hmm. use my story to inspire Mm -hmm. others and that just the you know reflect to every interaction I have with other people. I want to be able to have some ripple effect that, you know, either pointing them to a good book or point them mm-hmm. to a good video that can help to deal with their challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've mm-hmm. certainly inspired us today, and I'm sure that many of our listeners will be inspired by your story as well. Um, mm-hmm. Mina, I'm sure many will want to connect with you or learn more. So what's the best place that our listeners can go to learn more about you? Mm-hmm. For myself, you can just uh, um, search my name in LinkedIn, and then you will see me. And then we have our company is called Blue Planet Prop- Properties, and then our website, our 
um, we can add to the notes. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we'll link Great. to all of that in the show notes for sure so that people can connect with you and hear more about all that you're doing. Mina yeah. Hu, real estate investor and mom of two. Mina, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you both. I, I enjoyed the conversation. I'm happy to be able to share what I do. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast, and be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.